Yes, hello and welcome to another Articulform podcast. Ben, you're back at home. I am back at home. I've been home for, what, a week now? Oh, God, I've been home for a week. That's a long time. So, yeah, not sure how much longer. Are you happy, are you happy to be home? I mean, I'm not worried that you're going to be drunk at home. Uh, Well, I'm not drunk. So that is good news. But uh, yeah, I'm happy to be home. It still feels kind of novelty in a weird way. It feels odd. It's nice. It's nice to be in a room that's more than 10 steps. It's also nice to see your wonderful wall of films behind you. Ben is just such a film nerd that he has all his favourite films, the, uh, the covers of them framed all over his wall yeah he's moving yeah i can't see them from here but i can't i don't know which one which is which should we just get on with the podcast yes let's we have got a huge show lined up for you today including mank and the prom uh we've also got so much disney news that we need to talk about the star wars news in there really excited about that uh marvel trailers we need to talk about that we're going to be reviewing the wilds we're going to be reviewing the prom, and uh, we're also going to be talking about Home Alone too. Because mm. why not? Let's start though with the prom. Yes. Now this dropped on Netflix today. Um, we're recording it on the Friday, and um, it has an unbelievable cast and crew, including Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, James Corden, Carrie Washington, Keegan Michael Keane, and. Um, yeah, named Andrew Reynolds and is directed by Ryan Murphy, who has done loads of things. But for the prom, it's probably best known that he directed and wrote and created Glee. Um, so it follows a group of hilariously self-obsessed Broadway stars who swarm into a small conservative Indiana town in support of a high school girl who wants to take her girlfriend to the prom. Now, I've said this before, I'm a massive Ryan Murphy fan. I There's very few things he's done that I don't like, and we've reviewed... You, just, you love Glee, don't you? I am I, I am a fan of Glee. Uh, well, the first couple of seasons, the last ones were horrific. But, um, yeah, uh, so I was kind of looking forward to this film because I thought, well, at least there's enough people in it that I like that it can't be anything... It, it's not going to be unwatchable which it isn't. It's very entertaining. Um, The problem is, I'm not a huge Broadway fan. And this is based off a Broadway play or musical. And I'm not a huge musical fan. So I was a bit anxious. And, um, but it was fun and it's entertaining. And that's all I wanted. And Ryan Murphy does what Ryan Murphy does best. There's glitz, there's glamour, there's colour, it's vibrant. James Corden has had a lot of hate for his role because he is by far the worst part of it. But Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman are You're wonderful. You're not a huge James Corden fan, are you? No, I'm not the biggest James Corden fan. I mean, he's good. At, when he's good, he's good. But the problem with this role in particular is... Nicole Kidman, Andrew Reynolds and Meryl Streep, all of their roles are quite self-deprecating in a weird way. You can see they're taking the piss out of themselves. But James Corden's been cast in a role that's over the top and gay and he camps it up to the max and it comes off as very stereotypical and offensive. 
and I that's why lots of people have been quite rude about this portrayal. Yeah. But he's one very dark corner of one very light and brilliant film. So Ben, what are you giving this film? A must watch? Watch if you can. Let's go must watch. Why not? It's Let's fun. Let's go must watch. Okay, the bar is set high. Ben, what I'm most confused about is um, why you love Glee so much, the first few seasons anyway, but you despise Friends. Surely Friends is just so much better than the shit, the pure pile of shit that Glee is. Whoa. Whoa. Glee has an it. overall narrative, which Friends doesn't. It, the characters are more likeable. The, there's every episode there's more fun it's more interesting to watch it looks better it's not just using the same old format um my issue with friends is it's not a very inventive sitcom so uh if you listening right now have an opinion on the matter please do get in contact the email is below or you can drop us a tweet at the articulate film let us know what you prefer friends or Glee. It would be interesting. Guarantee Friends is going to come out on top. I don't know. Right, I don't... We getting that... No, no, Friends will come out on top. It will. I, I don't know, because Glee has passionate fans. Yeah, as does Friends, i.e. me. <laughs> let's, let's talk about something else you're passionate about, Jacob. Oh, mate. Honestly. So, my mate, I thought I'd save this to play out on the podcast. Uh, this is about tall. As I'm reading the announcement, I'm texting my mate called Jasper with a voice message. Um, here's what I um, here's what I sent him. Can you hear that? No, can't hear that, Ben. No. Oh, here we here we are. I got it working. I got it working. Okay. Jasper, they have just announced one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine fucking Star Wars spin-off shows. Oh my god! As you can tell, I was very, very, very excited. I said, "I'm." I think it may actually be ten. You know, I think it's um, ten Star Wars, fourteen Marvel, which yeah sounds too much, and I doubt all they of them have will gone be all bloody out for this, haven't they? Oh my god! But I have a okay. Before we get into some news about the individual shows, and I have a theory. I actually think Disney have made a colossal mistake with their Disney Plus planning here because because they have solely focused on Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah? And the two biggest franchises on the planet. Yeah, exactly. But everyone who's a fan of Marvel and Star Wars will have already subscribed to Disney Plus. And everyone who isn't will maybe be unsubscribing because they don't see anything they're going to like or will feel no need to sign up. And why Netflix is so big is they have so much variety of content and I well, doubt Disney I Plus think, will hit them. I disagree with you here, Ben. I feel like this is Disney Plus um, trying to find their niche, which is and what make, is going to make them so successful, which is their huge, huge franchises which they own the rights to. Yeah, but I think there will be Star Wars and Marvel fatigue in a few years. I don't... I think Disney aren't pushing. It feels very safe. It feels very comfort zone and that's not how you get over 100 billion worldwide 
the 100 million worldwide subscribers which Netflix has. And I think Disney Plus will not grow as fast as they expect it to. That said, I am someone who wrote an academic piece of work on Netflix versus Disney Plus streaming service, albeit two years ago before they went out. And I said Netflix was going to go out of debt, but was going to go bust. So I have been wrong on these things before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm glad you stuck your hands up there and you say when you are wrong. And I do believe you I mean, Netflix could mistake. still go bust. I gave myself till 2025. So I've still got five years for that prediction. You've still got five years. Okay. Um, well, let's, uh, in five years' time, let's see where we are with that, Ben. Shall we? Yep. When we work for Netflix. <laughs> okay. Star Wars news. The Mandalorian is returning for Christmas 2021 after the second series of The Mandalorian, which is out now. I think there's one or two more episodes left. And it has been hugely, hugely successful. So it's going to be back next year for a third season. Cannot wait for that. Uh, Diego Luna is back in the Cassian Andor series, which we now know its title. Andor. So if you do not know, the character of Cassian Andor was introduced in Star Wars Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and he dies in it. Spoiler alert. So this is going to be set before then. And it's, you know, it's really interesting. Someone that was in a one-off film now getting his own TV series. A prequel? How many of these projects are prequels? Because the Obi-Wan one's a prequel. The Obi-Wan one is between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. So it's still technically is... a prequel from when we first saw Obi-Wan on screen. Yeah, yeah, as is this one, uh, the um, the Andor one. I believe Lando's also got a spin-off series. Um, uh, I yeah. hope he's going to be played by um, Donald Glover. Gambino, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he plays him. I don't know if that's been confirmed. Um that's, I imagine, that is going to be in between the uh, prequels and the original trilogy. I mean, they could go further uh, with Lando. Yeah, they could do. They could do. They could do that during, oh, between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. You never know. They could keep uh, they, Billy, what's his face? I can't remember yeah. the actor's name, but he could return. I'd be down to watch him return. He's, uh, he's great. Mm. He's great. They're also doing an Ahsoka spin-off show. Looking forward to that. That is going to be set at the same time as The Mandalorian right now. They're also going to be doing a New Republic. So presumably this is going to be Leia uh, being the uh, Chancellor of the new government after the uh, the original trilogy, before the sequels. Uh, there's also a Bad Batch. There's a, a Bad Batch animated show. There's so much. Can I just there's say, though? so much. None of that news excited me, apart from this one piece of news. So can I say it? It's the third note here. Yeah, but this is the only thing that actually excited me. Hayden Christensen is returning in the Obi-Wan Kenobi spin-off for the rematch of the century. We know Ewan McGregor's returning, and I love him. And um, yeah, I think that could be fun. And I hope we get more talking about sand. Oh, I hate sand. It gets everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, mate, you have to be a pretty big Star Wars critic to to get that reference. No, I just spend an awful lot of time on film internet. <laughs> and it's a meme about everything. Hmm. Yeah, and 
But here's the thing, none of those shows will attract non-Star Wars fans. See, I thought Mandalorian first season would, second season wouldn't. Yeah. So the first season... Well, I'm not sure, because how many people do you see who watched The Mandalorian aren't, don't describe themselves as Star Wars fans? It's small. Thing is, I just feel like Disney are now... I reckon they're... I don't think they'll make another trilogy. I don't even think they're going to make spin-off films like Rogue One. They've announced two. And Solo. Oh, have they? Yep. So, Taika, um, they're coming out in 2023 and 2025. In 2023, I only know the directors. Um, I'm sorry, I do not know what the topics are. I know they've been announced, but I do not know Star Wars, so it all just read like mumbo-jumbo for me. But Patty Jenkins is directing one in 2023. She's directed Wonder Woman. Um, and the new Wonder Woman is coming out next week, which is going raves. So I'm excited to watch both of those films. And Taika Waititi, who did Four Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit. And has the coolest name. Yep. And is hilarious. He's doing one in 2025, which is probably going to be the first There's time Star Wars is a comedy. There's also some Japanese anime one as well. Coming. I'm shrugging. Shall we do another review? Yeah, before we enter the review, do you feel like the future of Star Wars is in series rather than films? Um, well, I could not answer that because, and I know it's cynical, and I know I say I hate Star Wars a lot, but it's not that I don't care, but I, I cannot see but where its future care. is because I'm not going to be invested in it. I'll watch the films because I do watch most films that come out. I will not watch the series. but See, I will. I will. Yep. Ben, and that's I also, I was wonder... going on about Star Wars. Oh, no, it's not. Ben wants to carry on talking about no, Star no, Wars. I, here's the thing. I wonder also, and it's my same thing with Marvel as well, if you have too many weird side-spinning-off shows, yeah, and I think Marvel's running more of a risk of that in the fact that WandaVision's going to tie in and the Loki series is going to tie in, if those are mean making it hard to watch the films and their narratives, will people turn up for the movies? Will people go in and tune in for a Star Wars film if they feel they haven't watched all the series, they feel lost? I mean, like, loads of people watched Avengers at Endgame and they figure, and more people watched it than watched all the previous Marvel films, so I'm sure... That was many... me, that was me. I've watched Endgame and didn't watch any of the other ones. Here's an elite opinion. This is a. Do you complete... know, what? I went to watch Endgame because all my mates were going. And were like, do you want to come? So I was like, yeah, why yeah, not? I we watched... had Nando's afterwards as well. It was pretty nice. Here's an elite opinion. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two is better than Avengers Endgame. Sorry, I just yeah. I have that on my chest a lot. <laughs> I just think Harry Potter was the best end to that franchise. Yeah, it is the best final film of a franchise ever. But let's. Go back on script. Cause... Sorry, I just love, I just love how Harry Potter, it just ends. I mean, I know they've done a film afterwards and done and a play afterwards, which I don't really count as. And two, two Fantastic Beasts films. Yes, and two shit Fantastic Beasts films. And they're prequels. making a third one, and they've had to Without sack Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp for obvious <laughs> um, reasons. There are obvious reasons why he should have been sacked. Yes. So, <laughs> and we're not going to get into. But that. I just think, I just think. Harry Potter, such a great end. You know what I mean? They're yeah. 
such a great ad. Back on script now. Ben, do you want to review Mank, a new Netflix film, or is it not a new Netflix it film? It is a new Netflix film, um, and it's wow, one of the favourites. set in the 1930s. It's one of the favourites for the Oscar races this year. So it's directed by David wow. Fincher and wrote by his... The screenplay was written by his father, Jack Fincher, and essentially... It's about how they made Citizen Kane, and it follows the life of Herman J. Mankovich, who wrote the screenplay for Citizen Kane. And look, in the I know I've said two words a lot in this first 15 minutes, I hate, but last week I had to write a 2,000-word essay on Citizen Kane. So, and I actually... It's the greatest film of all time. I admire it, but I do not like watching the film. And I felt very much the same way with Mank. It felt cold and it felt disconnected. And I think the easiest comparison Mank will have is to Netflix's other Oscar darlings in Roma, which came out in 2018, directed by Afonso Curon, and The Irishman, which came out last year, directed by Martin Scorsese. And all of those films people admire and people love and they get good reviews, but leave you quite emotionally cold, which means they will rack up tons of Oscar nominations in like editing and sound and visual effects but and cinematography, but they won't win many of the big ones. I actually think Manx's only shot at a big Oscar win would be Amanda Seyfried, who plays the Hollywood bimbo Marion Davis in a Best Supporting Actress role, because she's the heart and soul of this film. She's brilliant. Amanda Seyfried... I wish com- I wish the listeners could see right now, Ben. You got so into that. You started bobbing she's, up and down in your she's chair. Brilliant. She is the heart and soul of this film. I cannot begin to describe how good Amanda Seyfried is in this film, but it's her best performance on screen. Like, she's come so far from Mean Girls. That's all I'm going to say. Like, developed so much as an actress. It's amazing. Um, So, but it was David Fincher's first film since Gone Girl back in 2014. And it's the least interesting of his films that I've seen. It's the, it's the, Manx a dark film, but it's by far the least dark. And I think if you are not a fan of classical 1930s, 1940s Hollywood and don't know that much about it, you'll be lost by Mank. You will not enjoy it. I'm lucky I've just studied that period of film. So I went in really equipped to deal with it. And even I felt emotionally cold and disinterested. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) And what are you going to give Mank? Well, it's odd. Because, technically, it's one of the best films of the year. If you want to follow the Oscars this year, you should probably watch it. But you will not connect to it emotionally. (laughs) It's a very cold film. So what are you giving it? I'm not sure. (laughs) Should we come back to you on that? I don't think I can rank it. Probably watch if you can, but it's brilliant. It's an amazingly well-made film, which would imply that I need to put it in the must-watch, but you can't connect with it emotionally, which would mean I should put it in watch if you can. So, Ben, I... you have just made that a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Essentially, <laughs> long story short, it's a good film. Go watch it. There we go. Still to come on the RTQ Film Podcast today, Ben is going to be reviewing Big Mouth Season 4, uh, ben is also going to be reviewing The Wilds, 
We're also going to be reviewing... Oh, no, we're now going to be talking about Marvel trailers, which is very exciting. Very, very exciting. And for stuff I will actually probably watch on Disney+, Plus because I've now finally manned up and bought a subscription. <laughs> finally. Finally. I did it last week to watch Cell when it comes out. Um, so Falcon and the Winter Soldier... It's highly anticipated action-packed series, which sees the legacy of Captain America's retirement looming over his friends Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie, and the Winter Soldier, played by Sebastian Stan. It's coming in March 2021. Now, Jacob, have you watched any of these trailers? Uh, no. Okay. You tell me to. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I love how defensive I got. You didn't tell me to. I didn't tell you to. I you just thought because you knew all the Star Wars news, I thought you might have accidentally clicked on a few of these. Um, no. I managed to make out nothing from this trailer other than the fact it I looks like it. I don't think these are as... I don't think these are as hype as the Star Wars ones. I don't because they just released trailers. And they were like... Um, I think, actually, when it gets near to them, they'll be more hyped because... What... Do you um, think Star Wars will overtake Marvel as being the biggest franchise? No, because... Um, well, actually, you could argue... It's hard. How do you argue it? If you argue it on total box office revenue, then Star Wars will probably never catch up with Marvel because Marvel have released double the films. Um, if you argue on popularity, they're probably quite equal. Um, I do think... The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki and WandaVision will be incredibly popular on Disney Plus because they're characters people have become attached to. Just like how I think the Obi One series will become attached to. Um I they're both gonna stay popular until they don't. Because every Hollywood's bubbles, the nineteen fifties was musicals, the nineteen sixties was or nineteen then there was the period of westerns. Then in the 1980s and 90s, it was the mob crime thrillers. So the bubble will eventually pop for the Star Wars and the Marvels. And it'll be some yeah. point. It'll be some point in this decade that no one will give a crap about Marvel. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't give a crap about Marvel anyway, but Star Wars. I um, think Star Wars will go on forever. Then there was also the trailer for What If, which is. It looks pretty. It's like animated. It's a hypothetical series about what if something different happened in the MCU and how it would change events. Um, it's coming in the summer of next summer. Uh, it will kind of explore characters like Nick Fury, Thor, Killmonger, all voiced by their original actors. It's a pretty simple premise. What if they could be interesting? I reckon some will be great and some will be horrific. And finally, everyone's favourite Loki is getting his favourite, is getting a TV show with Tom Hiddleston being back. He's been transported into some alternate universe and it looks to be some crime heist thriller. Kevin Feige has said Loki himself will be confused by what's happening and the trailer also looked confusing. I made nothing out of all three of these trailers. It's weird that you don't like Marvel. Have you watched them? Uh, bits and bobs, but I've never really connected with it. I think it's one of those things. I've watched all the Marvel films, and now I have a slight connection to them. Not like huge fanboy. 
I don't get hyped for the news, but I watch the new ones when they come out or when they arrive on DVD and I enjoy them. So I think you'd like them. If you like Star Wars, you'll definitely like them. Anyway. I gave them a watch and I, I didn't, uh, I just didn't like. Where did you get to? Cause they... I wish it was like episode one. Uh, it was just the fact that you keep jumping between different characters, films and things. Because you're trying to binge them all at once. Yeah. Which is, instead of slowly growing. Anyway, can I do a boast here? You can do a boast, go, go, go. I think I've got the quickest review ever coming up. Go on. I reckon I can do this in 15 seconds. Go on. Okay, it's for the wild. It's come. It's a new TV show that's arrived on Amazon. It sees a group of teenagers who are stranded on a desert island after a plane crash. And after, there's one twist after another twist and it's a thrilling drama. And essentially the girls are stuck on there and it's not really an accident. This is a horrific YA or young adult series. The dialogue is cringy. The acting is terrible. The characters are annoying. I hated this so, so much. I, I cheered how I managed to... I felt good for making it to the end of the first episode, considering I wanted to turn it off after just four minutes. Ben, that was all in 15 seconds. But let me have a little guess that that is an absolute bloody runaway. Yeah, that is a runaway. So um, don't go watch that. What is The Wilds available on? Oh, actually, Amazon. it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter, does it? It is technically available on Amazon. I mean, nothing else has came out since The Crown, so... Or The Queen's Gambit. Just finished those Should we two. talk about our classic film watch, Hey, which is back this week in the form of Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Kevin accidentally boards a flight to New York City and gets separated from his pa- family who are on the way to Miami. He then bumps into two of his old enemies who plan to rob a toy store. Dun, dun, dun. Donald Trump's also in this, isn't he? Yes, Donald Trump is in this film. And every, <laughs> let's be honest, everyone's seen it. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my favourite Donald Trump fact is that he, every time someone asks to use his house or like his tower, he makes them record a cameo. So in some Hollywood studio, there's just vaults of Donald Trump cameos that have, <laughs> that have all been cut out of their related films. I love that. I love that. So um, I picked Home Alone 2 because it's quite controversial. I mean, everyone admits the first Home Alone is brilliant. Loved but I personally think the second one's quite formulaic and it's more violent and less original. And I'm kind of hoping here you disagree on that. I prefer this one. In fact, my favourite one's actually the fourth one. I'm sorry, what? And for those of you who didn't quite get that, I did just spit out my water. Uh, my favourite home run film is the fourth one. It doesn't have McCordy Culkin in. It's the one... Uh, his dad's... Is it even meant to be the same kid? No. <laughs> it's a different kid. It's a different kid. Yeah, so this different kid goes to his dad's house, who's really rich and has a really fit um, wife, um, and he floods the house, and then, yeah. Okay, <laughs> but... I'm sorry, that is just a definitively wrong answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I have a friend who argues... Oh, Home Alone 3 is crap. 
I have a friend who argues Home Alone 3 is the best one, which is also wrong. What? No, that is absolutely wrong. That's the worst one. Ben, you can agree that Home Alone 3 is the worst one. No, they all get they get worse as you go along, but the jump between Home Alone 1, which is classic, and Home Alone 2 is huge. Then Home Alone 3 to 2 to 3 is a huge drop. And the final two are unwatchable. Four goes up the up from three. Mm-hmm. Barely. Um, also, my favourite thing is, have you seen on Twitter, Piers Morgan has had to try and deny the fact he's the bird lady of yes. Home Alone 2. <laughs> yes, I saw that. <gasps> oh, that just made me smile. Uh, I still think he is. But no, <laughs> that was our... Mm. I'm probably going to was... watch Home Alone 2 this Christmas, though. I'll watch the Yeah, first. I'll probably watch Home Alone 1, 2 and 4. I'll watch 1 and 2. And Catherine O'Hara is in the first two, and she's having a renaissance. Yeah, so. yeah. Should we get into our final review, Ben? Yep, it's for Big Mouth Season 4, which was released on Netflix last week to a lukewarm reception, to be at it bluntly. Um, so... At the sleepaway camp, Jessie befriends her tramp, trans cabin mate, um, and Nick discovers his two best friends have a little too much in common. Um, so I enjoyed the first three seasons of Big Mouth. I thought they were hilarious. This series, just the fourth one, just made me sad. The show went from being kind of raunchy but relatable about like that area of school when you're just joining secondary school. And everything gets a little bit awkward. And now it's just preachy. It's driven by the celebrity cameos. And it's unfunny. And John Mulaney's let the side unfunny. down. Unfunny. It's unfunny. Unfunny. I've never heard anything be called unfunny before. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so what is this available on? Netflix. The same with the other three seasons, which are worth a watch if you finish The Crown and Big Mouth. No, not and The Queen's Gambit, which seems to be the only two things anyone's watching on Netflix. And it's been yeah, that I'm way. playing chess in between. Yes, and have you taken up chess? Uh, I I already like chess, but have you seen like best selling on Amazon at the minute are just chess sets because loads of people are asking for them for Christmas. I wouldn't have thought you'd treat be them able as to like a decoration. I wouldn't have well, thought. I'm good at chess. I would not have called that. I'm I live with a bunch of people who are all obsessed with chess at uni. Well, your family is very, very, very intelligent. Oh, you're on about your uni? Or yeah, your, the people I live your... with at uni play chess. See, I, I don't think I'd beat your brother because um, he's a very intelligent guy, very intelligent, but. I think I'll beat you. I'm quite You'd good. You beat me. I I can't play chess. I don't know the rules. It's just it's just rules like castling that people tend to like. Everyone plays that slightly differently, but um, yeah, no. Right, Ben. When are we doing the Articulate Film Awards? Is that in next week? Um, it will be the first one we get in after Christmas. <laughs> okay, so we have got one more before Christmas, have we? Uh, it depends what comes out because we didn't do one last week because nothing came out. Next week yeah. we've got my right. Re- Next week there'll probably be some stuff coming out to try and nip in the pre-Christmas thing. So yeah, amazing. Well, we will see you then. Tell your friends about this podcast, Ben. As always, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Bye.